0: Heyo, it's me, your friendly dungeon master, just taking in on you up top here for a bit of a change. So, uh, full disclosure, this episode is a little bit shorter than usual. We're sorry about that. Something went really wrong technically, like half an hour into our recording and we lost a bunch of stuff. Um, We ended up being really tight for time because we had to troubleshoot and by the time we got up and running again, you know, we were a little bit uh, behind. But anyway, we figured a short episode was better than no episode and we didn't have to repeat any of the actual uh, gameplay content. So that was nice anyway. So it's all fresh for you. Anyway, um, we hope you enjoy, I personally think it turned out really nice, even if it is a bit short. I'm gonna go ahead and do the mid-roll stuff up top here, just to not delay you any further, seeing as I've already got your attention. Firstly, thank you kindly for all of your, what I think should be described as art. If you're listening to this as it goes up, you've probably got about 24 hours to finish entering our fan art contest, where the prize is $50 or $50 worth of D&D stuff, your choice. We'll be choosing and announcing the winner in the next week, so get those entries in if you haven't yet, and keep an eye on the social media. Uh, it can be any kind of art at all pertaining to the show however you like, and yes, you have full licence to be weird. In other news, if you're in Sydney, or even if you just feel like going to Sydney soon, we're extremely excited to announce that three weeks to the day, today on September 27th, we'll be kicking off a series of live shows at the Sydney Fringe Festival. We'll be doing three shows with a different special guest each night, sort of outside the campus of the regular show but with the regular show's characters the shows are friday saturday and sunday the 27th 28th and 29th of september 2019 you'll be able to get ticketing details on all of our social media channels and on the sydney fringe world website by searching for how to win loot and influence dragons so go look out for it there um, anyway, that's it from me today. Sorry again about the short episode. Do get in touch with us at HTWLAid or at Curio Network on whatever social media you prefer. And please, if you enjoy the show, think about leaving us a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I mean, <laughs> you can listen to podcasts on anything these days. Probably like a even like a toaster or a smart fridge or something. Blah. That wasn't very funny. Anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. We sincerely appreciate it. You're all the best. Enjoy the show. Okay, okay. Let's let's start the show.
1: Should we just quickly go around the table at our intro and all pick which Avenger we'll be most comfortable being cocked by?
2: This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons.
0: You've actually just reminded me that I don't have an intro, um, so...
2: <laughs> so you do now.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the Curio Network. Fans, let me tell you, this has been a start to a recording for the ages. Some things have gone right, some things have gone wrong, some things have got a little sexy and a little spooky. Uh, Tom suggested we do something really horrifying for <laughs> hey. the intro. Um, but I've, I'm kind of gonna, in the process of doing this intro bit that I'm doing now, I've like realized that it's not a good idea. You can't, you can't just, they'll
1: all assume it was worse than it is.
0: Okay, Tom, when you get to your intro, you can tell them what it was and also tell them yours, but I'm going to yeah. uh, introduce myself. I'm, as always, your friendly Dungeon Master, Ben McAllister, and this one just doesn't have an intro because I don't want to do Tom's thing. we <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, Jackson Newsett, and I'm also waiting for Godot. <laughs> nice. uh uh-huh. Hey, listen up everyone. It's been a long time since we did a podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. T and Grace have been on sabbatical, yeah. traveling around Europe. So, you know, sometimes this one's just a... this one's all right, you know what we'll call it? This one's our still call Australia Home Edition. I'm no, a- I thought no, no, that no. the, the, the cheerful nihilism one was great. I was into that. Okay. Okay, fine. It's a cheerful nihilism one. There's no intro. This this intro is yeah. the void. Enjoy. <laughs> it's a podcast intro about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Okay. This is our Seinfeld. one. We did Seinfeld recently. We did a Seinfeld thing on a recent app. We were trying to decide who was George and, and, and Grace had to be Elaine. Yeah.
2: It's so hard to remember uh, what's okay. just our friendly conversations yeah, 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 yeah. and what's actually mm. in the episodes.
0: Yes. Anyway, let's finish introducing ourselves. You've got me. You've got Jackson. Tom, now tell them what your horrible intro that's been consigned to the voice was. just don't. Was. You know what, dude? I'll, pro- I'll probably use it in the pre-roll, so yeah. don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Tony Stark.
2: Oh... Uh, just because you want it to be someone as close to you as possible. <laughs> <laughs> this is nonsense yeah. without context.
0: This is not usable. Don't worry about it. I think we all know what Grace's is. Uh, we don't need to. <laughs> you
2: think characters. I want to be coached by ourselves. Chris Hemsworth? That yes, is insanity. I think you
0: definitely do. No. Grace. Hey, let's finish introducing ourselves. Where so are we going are with nihilism? I don't really understand. It doesn't matter to say what your name <laughs> is, and then also let's move on. <laughs> state your name and and rank and serial Uh, number
1: my name is Thomas Owen my rank is Master Chief and my serial
0: number is 117 nice that's actually great thank you for your service Chief (laughs) 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 who else we got I'm Grace
2: Chappell I'm player number four and my serial is Cornflakes
0: look at that and who do you want to be cut by (laughs) (laughs) Cinematic universe. All right, let's start the show. Yeah. Okay. So, how about after what's probably our sloppiest intro in a while, we dig in with a little bit of a recap, which we'll keep nice and toit. When we last left our heroes, they'd arrived at Espera and met up with their friends Alvar, Garrick, and Andrea. They were discussing the fate of the remaining pieces and their next move when an armed host of the king's men approached the former monastery. At the head of the host was the dreaded Esme, a close associate of Maleficus and a former friend of both Alvar and Valeria. She revealed that Maleficus was on his way to the Crucible, an ancient Cine location that had something to do with the original creation of the pieces, and that Maleficus was going to try and do something. Esme pleaded with our heroes to turn over their pieces. She implied that whatever Maleficus was trying to do, if he attempted it without all 12 pieces, it could end extremely badly for everyone. In the end, the team attacked and distracted the invaders for long enough that Garrick, Andrea, and Alvar could escape with the refugees. Eventually, though, The heroes heeded the advice of a mysterious voice that contacted them via their Sending Stones. The voice told them to get out of there, and Drasilia activated the necklace she received in Hastings, which, it turns out, possesses similar teleportation powers to Esme's own necklace. The group found themselves suddenly in the web, where a Cine transport tube rapidly approached their location. The doors opened, and the voice from their Sending Stones informed them to enter. That brings us to right now. Yeah, so you guys are standing here in the web, this plane of infinite inky blackness that by now you're so familiar with. It also occurs to me that the special episode that we did recently also ended in a similar way, so no spoilers if you haven't um, heard that one yet. But anyway, go, go check it out, I guess uh but here we are back with the main team the main crew back on the main well-beaten path it's jody Jazilia duncan you're standing in the web this cine transport tube is rolled up in front of you and the door has opened and elva has told you to get on in that piece what are y'all doing
2: that piece of tube i guess yeah. you get on in
0: yeah, yeah. okay as you get on in the chart oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> explodes, the tube is done, a you're all <laughs> done. This podcast is over. Yeah, the tubes of mimic it eats you guys. It eats you all whole and spits out your bones. No, Um, so you hear the door pretty rapidly, like close behind you, and yeah, inside it's a tube that you have you know seen before. It's like bench seating, I believe, is how we described it. But this one appears to be being controlled remotely. As you step in, your uh, stones, your communication stones, crackle on again but again remember uh every time you're in the web and you hear communications through these things it's really like janky and difficult to difficult to communicate but you get a really janky janky version of the voice that you've been talking to saying okay we're gonna go pretty fast um just relax i'll just i'll just get you i'll get you here as fast as i can oh Here we go. And then the thing zooms uh, off to the north and you are kind of like jolted back and if you weren't already holding onto anything you probably stumble over. And yeah, now you're in this tube that's rocketing north.
2: (laughs) Elvar isn't in the tube. Sorry, I just I misunderstood that.
0: Elva is not in the tube. The tube is an empty Cine Transport tube that is being controlled remotely. Yeah, it occurs to me that I didn't actually uh, make that explicitly clear. That's a very fair question. Thank you, Grace. Yes. Thank you. Do you think any of you are doing anything specific as you rocket north?
2: My eyebrow's twitching.
0: <laughs> Your Grace Chappell's eyebrow or Drasilia's eyebrow? Both. Huge. Life imitates oh, art. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty... Where good. does Drazilia end and Grace Chaffell begin? Yeah, is Duncan D- doing anything? Or what's he, uh... I,
1: I feel like, no. Like, surely we're just
0: holding onto the seats. wouldn't want to yeah, get injured. nice. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> These tubes are dangerous. Elva crackles back over and says, uh, I don't want to be too specific about where you're going, but uh, for reasons I'm sure you understand, but uh, that's it might so be a little That's so shifty from while. somebody we haven't asked. <laughs> <laughs> that's so so
1: shifty Duncan carves open a door in the tube and gets out
0: d- d- does he no, does he, say no.
1: Anything? he would though give glances to the others like the fuck
2: it's not that shifty
0: she then says the reason for saying that was because again i don't <laughs> want to give a specific number but it's it might be a while uh so i would settle in could be a bit of a journey. Are we like resting then? Is that a thing we can do? I guess while we're hanging in this. Yeah, gym? yeah, definitely. You can take a short rest. You can. You could even take a long rest if you wanted to. Like, start taking a long rest. You're in this tube. You don't know how long it's going to be traveling. Yeah, fuck it.
2: Let's go for the long rest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. It. So are you guys taking like shifts of one person staying awake no. and the other one sleeping and like. No. We're going to sleep together, Spoon Train. <laughs> All going straight to sleep. What's the order of the Spoon Train? <laughs>
2: This is the good ship more than friendship. <laughs> oh.
0: oh, dear, dear me. DK in the middle, right? <laughs> I think
2: we all know. He's too long. He has to go at the back.
0: <laughs> he's too thick. Yeah, yeah he's too oh, deep.
2: He's too <laughs> deep. <laughs>
1: but I forgot about how deep Duncan is. He's as deep
0: as he is tall. <laughs>
2: you can't get an arm around him.
0: So much booty. He's got dumps like a truck
2: (laughs) 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 wait are we we still talking about Dinkan (laughs)
0: yes wait a minute sorry what (laughs) great so you guys sleep and as you sleep uh hmm that is actually really interesting you all mostly experience a pretty pretty dreamless sleep that is similar to the inky void that surrounds you.
1: Now, I forgot to mention that Duncan railed a whole wheel of cheese (laughs) before going to sleep. Just that. (laughs)
0: You okay, change. yeah. Dukan is having a dream where he's continually falling into a vat of fondue, swimming to the bottom, <laughs> pulling out a big plug, being drained <laughs> down, falling through like the void onto a big pile of corn chips, being eaten by a giant and shit out into a big pot of fondue. And so he's he's having a, a fucking vor fantasy is what you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's the dream, the cheese dream Duncan is having. That's gross. It doesn't have to be a fantasy, it could be a nightmare. Uh, the only other punctuation to this relatively dreamless sleep happens inside Drazilia's mind, who has short flashes that are reminiscent of some of her previous visions, but not a full-on in-the-moment vision. Drasilia gets flashes of a series of robed people walking down a corridor with purpose. There is a sense of distinct fear and apprehension, but also uh, unwavering resolve. And very eyes wide shut, Ben. (laughs) Fear and apprehension, but unwavering resolve. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's going to get very floaty Um, in there. Dresillia, do you have any questions about the robed people walking down the corridor?
2: Um, do they bear any resemblance to the stained glass windows we witnessed recently?
0: Uh, okay. Go ahead and make a dream perception check for me.
2: <laughs> oh, speaking of dream perception, <laughs> I have a, a very weird one. Does it um, pertain
0: to Chris Hemsworth?
2: No, unfortunately. Maybe we should save it for after the podcast.
0: Tonight. Oh, no. Oh, God. Is this the one you told me about?
2: Yeah. It's 16.
0: Nice. Strabian. Okay. Let me tell you what you see first, and then we'll talk about it. Then, then I'll tell
2: things. you my real life
0: vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great. okay. With your 16, you you can't see everyone. They're wearing robes, they're shadowed faces, but you do recognize at least two of them quite easily. You see, well, at this point, like a figure you're extremely familiar with in the form of Dandala, the willowy elf woman that you've seen in multiple visions before. And you also see a human man who is wearing robes that also look somewhat familiar. It's the figure from your vision from the, foot-hills. On the beach at the Temple of Sea. Uh,
2: is he ah, also the uh, one that was having the separation from Dandala outside the Sunken City?
0: No, no, Whoa. it's a different guy. Whoa. Different one, but there's more but, than
2: one guy in this universe.
0: <laughs> that guy also there, the guy Whoa. from that other
2: vision. Well, yeah.
0: The other thing I'll tell you with the sixteen is that there are a grand total of eleven people walking down this corridor. Also, keeping in mind that, like Esme said, <clears throat> that whole thing about how Maleficus is trying to do whatever he's trying to do uh, without all the pieces. If he does that, then it's really fucked. You know, yes, whole that thing? is definitely yep. something that she said. Yeah, that, that I was wondering. So if, yeah, if there was only like 11 there, then maybe, you know, that I wasn't a like full compliment, and thus it was leading to sort of ruin in some way. An interesting take. Um, but yes, she definitely did say something about how He was going for the crucible anyway, despite not having all the pieces and how that could be really, really bad. But anyway, let's move on because that's Brazilia's dream and she awakes. And Grace, tell us about your real life human dream because I'm curious now.
2: No, it wasn't a dream. It was like a sort of waking dream. Oh, God. So, um, it was after I landed from the plane ride back from Europe and I didn't really sleep like solidly the whole night. I was kind of like just drifting in and out. And at one (laughs) moment I drifted out of sleep. Um and but my like my brain didn't really come with me
0: oh uh, so you had a, a, a fucking what's it called sleep paralysis kind of dream
2: not sleep paralysis i was fully awake except that i believed that i was the british isles <laughs> 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 I, I thought i was um the landmass you- great britain <laughs>
0: You were like, where are my various mountain ranges? Where are my beautiful sons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Republic of Ireland, come home. Did um, you feel, Grace, I have to know, did you feel like um the the, the country or just the physical landmass? Both. Right. Okay, so, like, did you feel a sense of loss of, of your great empire? Great division, no, maybe.
2: <laughs> so the only reason that I know that, like, I was really feeling this while awake and this wasn't, like, some mad thing that I imagined is that the cat climbed on top of me and I was like this this cat's so big <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't understand what the cat was and I was just like patting it for like 10 minutes unable to comprehend what it oh was oh my god and um then I <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it was international trade <laughs>
0: like somebody has sent me a cat oh my god grace that is fucking wild
2: i don't know what's wrong with me
0: I'm <laughs> oh my how long god. did this last
2: it was it? I, I didn't ever come out of it I, I, <laughs> went back to
0: sleep. Child.
2: <laughs> I went back to sleep and i woke up an hour later and i was like what the fuck and i like wrote it wrote it down Jesus
0: Christ. I there's a joke it. in there about this being, like, a thing that you identify as now. <laughs> yeah. Bre- there's like but a, also, there's like, like a bre- imagine Grace in the future, like, for some reason you get back into economics, and then you're there, like, teaching at a university, and you're like, well, in a lot of ways you could view me like Great Britain, and you could view international <laughs> trade and the way it interacts with Great Britain as a, a large cat. My cat, to be precise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Millie. <laughs> Here she is, everyone. It and is just old. hold her up in the lecture. Yeah. Okay, we have to table this discussion for the minute and revisit it later, but yeah, thank you yeah, once again for reminding it. me. Thank you for once again for reminding me that you literally uh dream better things than I could uh, conceive of writing. For <laughs> <a fun cast. laughs> so, Drasilia awakes and for a little while she thinks she is the Eastern
2: League. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say that on the podcast? I
0: don't know,
2: but <laughs> following me around forever.
0: So um, you guys all wake up at the same time from your cheese dream, inky void, and weird—I uh, don't know. I guess vision dream and you're still rocketing through uh, the web in this tube. And if you were to look out through the windscreen, which we established you can see through from the inside but not the outside, you appear to be going, I mean, there aren't a lot of landmarks, but you appear to be going pretty fucking fast. Like, this tube is like, it must be on fucking overclock duty. Has it been eight hours? It's been uh, the the six-hour sleeping component of your long rest. And you're always kind of chilling, chilling for a couple hours. Uh, What's everybody's passive perception? I always forget. 15.
2: 12.
0: Oh, 18. Huge. The 15 and the 18, Duncan and Jodi, uh, you spy up ahead as you're sitting there just resting, eating more cheese, probably talking to Dracilia about whether or not she feels <laughs> like she's the Eastern League. Um, and you see a structure on the horizon and it's coming up on you pretty quick. It's Does it, sort it look of, like a it's huge not- cat? it you know it's international trade no it doesn't look like a big cat it is not directly in your path like you're gonna go past it it's ahead of you and off to the right yeah can i can we take a further perception roll to actually sort of like see what it is yeah i mean as you're rapidly getting closer uh absolutely let's get let's get uh, perception checks from all three of you to try and inspect this thing as you move past it at speed Oof. Well, I think judges bewildered because that was a uh, just a twelve for me.
2: Seventeen.
0: Oh, fifteen. Fifteen. Nice. Okay, so I think like Jody's probably still a bit sleepy. Like he's still waking up, and he's just like, hmm? and he's this thing like, like moves br- past
2: the Eastern League. What?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I've lost my focus due to Druzzy's bad badger dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like staring, slack jawed at Drusilia. Um <laughs> Drusilia and Duncan... Khan. Definitely recognise this structure. I will say, it's not the same structure as one you saw before, but it does look kind of similar to a thing you've seen before. In fact, it looks it looks relatively similar to that ruined, broken, obelisk-like structure that you saw... ...in the web on your way to Espera. When you were travelling to Espera from uh, your first meeting in the city underneath Carthus City... ...or the the tunnels underneath Carthus City with Alvar and your friends... uh, ...and you passed this weird broken obelisk. It's only semi-constructed. It's not, um... It's not, like, complete and then broken, like that one was. It's, like... It appears to be, like, an old obelisk-like structure that is under construction. But... As did the ruined obelisk, it looks a bit different from uh, the, the regular web obelisks that you've seen in the past. Interesting.
2: What a and web as of you intrigue go- you're weaving.
0: <laughs> as you go past it, Duncan, you find yourself transfixed by it. And what's more, assuming you're still wearing your magical gauntlets that you got from Hastings, that give you a advantage on building and knowing things about building. <laughs> Compulsion. Am I, you, am I
1: compelled to build it?
0: No, you uh, don't feel compelled uh, to build. I thought it, it was like, th- like strange encounters of the third kind or something like that. <laughs> but you do feel weirdly drawn to it and you feel what's more like, like the gauntlets are weirdly drawn to it. And, I mean, it must happen pretty quickly, because we've already established that you're moving at quite a fast pace here. But yeah. as you're whipping by this obelisk, you get, like, you know, a couple of seconds to clock it as you move past it, and Khan actually has a short vision.
2: Hey, that's my thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been other people's things when they've been triggered by uh, appropriate artifacts. In this vision, Dunkan finds himself standing in the web- actually standing right where he is standing now and there are two figures building this obelisk that you're moving past they're constructing it using magic carrying pieces around one of them is uh, up on it on a little piece of makeshift scaffolding chiseling away at something and the other one is like levitating chunks of rock up onto the structure And you notice the one that is on the structure, physically on the scaffold, chiseling away. Well, it's wearing your gloves, Dunkan. I gotta get them back. (laughs) (laughs) As you have that thought, hey, that fucker's wearing my gloves. This must be like international trade. you, (laughs) You wake up from that vision, and the thing is now gone. It's moved on, past you. Did I recognize
1: any of them from, like, windows or anything?
0: Um. From the brief glimpse, you now connect that the figure wearing the gloves did, in fact, those gloves, yeah, mm, pretty sure those gloves were on one of the figures on the stained glass windows inside Shit. the... I got the old bottom. gloves.
2: You got good memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> DK got old gloves, yeah. So you had that vision. Nice.
1: I mean, like, should I go finish building the
0: thing? <laughs> just uh, jump out, jump and from build the- yeah, an obelisk, just the- fucking bail. Do you remember the time, see the last time you guys were in one of these tubes, and you tried to tell me that you uh, were going to jump from it, and your plan to jump from it was to fire your like grappling hook backwards so that you snagged onto something, and then that would like somehow make it better for you to jump out of the moving chain than to just jump out and duck and roll. <laughs> yeah, of course, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I think about that semi-frequently. <laughs> Dude, I did Year Twelve Physics, and yep. I did it absolutely fine.
2: Yeah, sit down, Ben, Doctor yeah. McAllister.
0: Yeah. Thank you, thank you. If you could all address me as such, actually, whenever you get the chance, <laughs> because nobody else does. <laughs> that would be a nice change.
2: Your parochial Perth chat and get it out of our Sydney podcast. Whoa, Whoa. Sydney so. changed me <laughs> <laughs>
0: to uh, a, a major
2: landmass, actually.
0: Major.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stop bullying me. I'm Great Britain.
0: There's a Gracie so fat joke in there somewhere. She's fresh back from
1: an indulgent holiday. I wouldn't I wouldn't go making those jokes, but
2: yeah, wow. There's a Yikes.
0: there's a there's a Brexit joke here somewhere. I I don't know what it is. For like Great. the last
1: week, Nick, Grace, and I were all arguing over which one of us was Shrek. I oh, good. I
2: am <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> you
1: did, you did, because I remember I had to be like, no, I am the Shrek. Yeah, I literally I got out my tongue. Oh was like, no! And going was around the house like, I am oh, the Shrek. No. I am the Shrek. You, have you
0: Dude. have you chunked up, T?
1: Dude, I. <laughs> I had to buy a new pants on the
2: trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny at first, but so did I.
0: Yeah. Oh, dear. So, now your eight hours are up. You guys have experienced your long rest, and you're probably feeling relatively vital. Yeah. And then you get two messages in rapid succession across your sending stone. The first comes from the voice that you understand to be Elva, and it says... Not too far out now, should be coming along to to where we're heading in um, not too far. The only thing, uh, when you get there, you are going to have to go the final stretch on foot. Um, the reason for that will become abundantly clear the closer you get. But yes, suffice to say, some things have not gone to plan, and... Yeah, well, you'll see soon enough. Bye! And indeed, on the horizon, up in the distance, dead ahead of you this time, not ahead and off to the right, you see what can only be described as a web storm. Sitting on the plane of inky blackness, there is a series of weird sickly greasy looking clouds that are crackling with bolts of multicolored electricity that occasionally rumble down into the plane. The space underneath those clouds, what the electricity is cracking down into, is weirdly hazy and kind of hard to focus your eyes on and as you get closer you see that it is indeed raining what appear to be chunks of black glass and Elva quickly, uh, uh, comes back and says, the, uh, the region won't hurt you, by the way, you can walk through it, no worries, just the, um, the tube won't make it, so you're going to have to do that bit, uh, and the thing you're looking for is in the middle of it, so, um, but also you should strap in, cause there are some, there are some things waiting for you in there, and, uh... I I I sure hope you guys can get through it. See you soon, and then uh, she crackles out into staticky silence.
2: Is this like a walking on coals thing? Like, <laughs> is this a trust fall? Yeah.
0: As you approach, uh, you're still just waiting. You know, you're probably maybe a good five minutes at your current pace out from uh, hitting the edge of this uh, massive web storm. You get another message, crackling of your sending stone. The second of the messages that I alluded to. And this one's from your old buddy Alvar and your other mate Garrick. How's it going? Hey, listen, I'm Ray Winston, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, nah, no, do you me. even know yeah. I am? <laughs> it's just not what Garrick Very sounds good. like. Very good. Very good. This is what Garrick sounds like. Garrick's always sounded like this. What else does he sound like? Yeah, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is me, Garrick. Boys. look, it's been a while since I busted out, me Garrick. Yeah, you just, you're you're spreading it. You're spreading it on a little thicker
2: than you normally do. That's just all. Yeah, busted, Garrick.
0: Oh, and by the way, like, assume this is incredibly staticky, and you're like barely catching the message. Great. But I'm gonna, gonna says, add that for um, you. Yeah. Uh, I'll actually, you know, it's okay. I think I'll do it in post. No worries. Um, <laughs> we hope uh, that you all made it out okay we can't thank you enough for what you did. It enabled us to, to get the refugees and get moving through the web where, uh, we're heading North by, uh, I guess, well, I shouldn't say, but you know where we're going. And, uh, if all goes according to plan, we'll, we'll catch up with you in the end game. And Alvar says, yes, um, happy to report uh, no casualties on our end. Uh, I, I hope the same can be said for, for you lot. Um, best best of luck see you soon and uh, a third voice that you also recognize as belonging to Andrea comes over the stone as well and says there is one more thing um Jody I was going to bring this up when we had our meeting but there there wasn't time in the end um so I guess we'll just have to hang on to it for you um when we were exploring the monastery as we we're settling the refugees in the barracks. Well, um, somebody found something. It's a package. We haven't opened it. It's it's addressed to you. And it's from someone who identifies themselves on the label as Tress. So, uh, just wanted to let you know that we have that. And when next we see you, it'll be straight to you. Thank
2: you. I think Andrea's uh, sounding a bit sexier than Noel as well. It's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's the contents of the message. Anyone Huge. want to send anything specific back? Um, well, I guess like are we are we heading to Hastings or are we just?
2: I think we're just you heading. You don't know where you're heading. You don't know. Where yeah, we're,
0: we're just heading. heading. Yeah. No, I, I mean I think like other than like a message received and that sort of thing, like,
2: maybe like a. We might not be heading straight there.
0: Hmm, that's a good call. So
2: they're not like
0: yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, hey Garrick and others. Um, <laughs> a bit of a side project has emerged. Um, we will try and be with you as soon as possible. Not. A new
0: collab, <laughs> a new project. <laughs> yeah. We're in the studio we right and now. Elvo, we've been looking on something to work. We've been looking for something <laughs> yeah. to work on together for a while. This new yeah. project came up. Hey Elvo, you know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this, etc. You know, so, You get a um, loud and clear rogue leader, and then uh, oh. cuts out to static. Yeah, uh, Garrick's big flirty now. Also, they're all flirting with you. <laughs> it's a very, it's, <laughs> it's a very sexual idea. affair. <laughs> okay, so. After that, does Jody have any reaction or is he very stoic and stone-faced? Um I think he I think he sort of like was like earnestly thankful, but I don't think he's like, "Oh my god, a package. I wonder what's in that." Like I think he's like, "Oh, great." Yeah. Like from my dead friend. Yeah, a memento from my, from my deceased best friend. That's yeah. Aww. Um yeah. yeah, no, I think he's just sort of stewing on that a little bit, thinking over it. Yeah, nice. I love that. Okay, great. I don't know. Do you, Grace and Ortiz, to stop Mark, happen to remember who Tress is? You probably don't. Yeah, roughly. It has come up in a while. Didn't she teach yeah, you she how to use magic? Yeah,
2: she was like, get out of here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Did she remember. teach you how to use magic? Uh, she was like a cleric, and so he was like sort of trying to learn under her and that sort of thing.
2: Okay, so what happens? Does the tube start to slow down or something? Or should we not even approach the web?
0: The tube rolls up to the entrance to the web storm and slows. As it arrives sort of maybe 10 or 15 metres away from what is a pretty sharp, actually, phase transition, a pretty sharp distinction between storm and no storm, it comes to a halt and slowly lowers to the ground and the pneumatic piston door, pish, pistons open. And, yeah, it's waiting for you. Who pissed on what the door? What do you guys do?
2: Can I? <laughs> <laughs> Um, can I offer oh. the Web Storm as an episode title? Because it sounds like a Stephen King novel or the something. The Webstorm. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we yeah, would have to call it
1: Stephen King's Webstorm.
2: Also, it sounds a bit Stephen King's
0: Webstorm. It sounds a bit Stephen Dan Brown as well. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like oh. Da Vinci Code, Inferno, Webstorm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like it's like an internet thing. Yeah, like a, the Catholic Church yeah, like has been a developing a type of giant spider <laughs> for the last like hundred years.
2: Some sort of New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: tweet store. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: The president we is call actually it a spider. Storm. Yeah, that's good. Huh, I mean, with this guy, I wouldn't be surprised, am <laughs> uh, uh, I right? Uh, you know, this guy. How many, uh, how many hey, legs has he got? <laughs> anyway, um, what do you guys do? Um, head out out those piston doors.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. Let's get into the storm.
2: Should we draw lots to see who walks in first?
1: I was going to say Jodie, because he's got the most speed, but...
2: Druszy's the coward, so she's going to follow. Is it really dense? Like, will we be able to see each other?
0: This region of the storm, it's kind of difficult to see into. It almost looks like the air inside is a bit wavy. Um, But you would think you can sort of see, like, a couple... Yeah, it's, it's almost just like a bit fuzzy, but you can see like a couple of meters into it. So if you stay close to each other, you're pretty sure you'll be able to see each other.
2: Maybe we should hold hands just for safety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
0: by the way, it is raining black glass. Cool, 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 cool. Jody is walking with his staff above him, just like sort of like helicoptering it around. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like some airbender vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah for nice. sure. Um, do you guys follow Jody, or do you, do you hang back? uh i 'll describe what happens as you see Jody if that 's what you want to do
2: yeah let 's watch Jody see what happens okay
0: jody walks Jody walks into the storm, helicoptering his staff. he immediately takes on like a kind of wavy, fuzzy visage as he crosses over the boundary and you see him just sort of continuing to slowly walk forward, helicoptering his staff as chunks of black glass ping off in all directions. <laughs> jody. The second you enter the storm, everything goes quiet. You can't hear the black glass plinking down onto the ground around you. And you can't hear it um, whacking against your staff either. But you're unharmed. You walk through, occasionally a piece of the glass like bounces off your shoulder, but you almost don't feel it. It's extremely light. And you're just, yeah, plinking it off to the left and the right as you walk through this quiet, silent, wavy storm. Can I... Make any noise? Like, isn't like, do, am I making any noise? Like, like, like the sound of my like so sort of boots pressing into the earth or anything like that? No, you're not hearing any noise. I like whisper. Can I hear it? No. <laughs> fucking have fun, Druzzy. Um, <laughs> um, he keeps moving forward. Why? You can't cast spells without verbal components.
2: Ah. <laughs> Actually, I think he's like one of them.
0: Maybe it was silent spells something like that. Yeah.
2: I actually oh. took a fate, which means that I can. not
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Huge.
2: Which one is that? Sneak spell. That's that's not its real name. That's what I have. <laughs> is that meta magic
0: or Sneak. is it a yeah. spell? Yeah. Yeah, great, great. It's probably oh, not a
2: feature. Sorry.
0: Yeah. What are, you, what are you guys doing?
2: Um. Can. I think Juzzy just hoists her hood, maybe,
0: mm. and follows. Yeah, you experience the same sensations I just described to Jody. You, you feel this black glass plinking off you, but you barely feel it, and it's dead quiet inside. You also see this hazy air in front of you, and as you get closer to Jody, he appears less hazy and fuzzy, but still obviously hazy and fuzzy.
2: <laughs> Sounds
0: of, like obviously. Jody on a Saturday hey, morning, hey, around. Right? He's up, he's up, <sighs> Come on. Just, just a bit of <laughs> me.
2: Dunkey
1: reckon Duncan is bound to just hold his shield over his head and walk in as well.
0: Yeah, nice. You experience the same sensations, you you feel the uh, very, very light pattern, it almost feels like rain, I guess, of this black glass plinking off your shield, um, but yeah, it also makes no sound. So, do the three of you just kind of forge on cautiously? Yeah. yeah. Okay. As you progress through the web storm, the hazy air before you begins to take on a... This vaguely discernible shape. There appears to be something tall and slender and pointy obelisk. in the distance. Yeah, it kind of looks like an obelisk. And eventually, as you continue moving towards this obelisk structure, the storm clears and you find yourself standing in what could only be described as the eye of the storm, a region of regular web that is ringed on all sides by this storm, with the obelisk standing at the centre, one of the sine obelisks that you've seen before. However, that's not the only thing that's in this clearing. Standing at the base of the obelisk, drawn up to its full 15-foot height, is a terrifying monstrosity composed of black web goo and also chunks of obsidian it looks in your direction and what passes for a face on this horrifying creature roars at you and i need you all to roll initiative for me How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network, and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chappell, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade, and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at Curionetwork.com.